always felt that existence as such was This week on the Grand America Show, the guys chat with Matt Stakes of the Disinfocast and Disinfo.com. All right, guys, welcome back to this week's Grand America Show. Uh, we're going to have Matt Staggs on a little later, but uh, first we're going to regale you ourselves here for a little while. Coming from just east of the Rockies, directly broadcasting from the Igloo in Calgary, Canada. That's my little tribute to Art Bell. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, so Art Bell's coming back. I guess that's the big news of the week. Yeah, I think we should start our show off by we are just east of the Rockies, and you know he used to say that all the time. What, did he say actually that, east of the Rockies? I think so, and west of the Rockies. I'm not sure. Oh. But that was a classic uh, radio show way back in the 90s. Like Guys used to listen to that uh, on night shifts where I worked all the time. Yeah, now he's on Sirius. Yeah. So... I might have to get a serious subscription again. Yeah, I will, for sure. Um, what's his new show called? Dark Matters or something like that? I've actually got a trailer for it here. Sounds kind of slow. It does seem kind of slow. It seems like it's just a bunch of... It's putting a bunch of quotes on the screen. Oh, but- <laughs> So well, that's should, good for all our listeners. <laughs> I should have listened to it first or something. <laughs> Doesn't seem like there's any talking in it, so. Uh, there's some funky music. That's what we like. That's the. Art Bell's Dark Matter. Want to take a ride, it's called. But it doesn't seem. I thought there'd be some Art Bell audio, but I suppose not. That's good enough. I love that. Yeah. So I don't know when it starts. It doesn't say the the date, but do you know exactly when it's starting? Uh, no, I think it's September or October. Like, it's pretty, pretty soon. Yeah, we had a great interview with a uh, little chat with Grant Cameron. We didn't really have much of a chance to talk about it because it went so long. Yeah, that was our first three-hour episode. So yeah. hopefully you guys made it through the whole thing. If not, we totally understand. But it was uh, really good feedback from from people so far on that one. Yeah, it seems to be uh, the new favorite. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of listens. We've got a lot of new listeners, uh, f- probably from our visit on the Graylian report as well. So uh, welcome aboard. We've seen uh, seen you guys coming over. Hopefully you stick around. Yeah, that was a good chat with those guys from the Graylian too. Um, I felt like I needed to respond a little bit more to. They were trying to discuss um, Joe Rogan and his his kind of uh, saying that there's a lack of evidence for UFOs. Yeah, well, yeah, he's always kind of talking about that. That would have got me going. Like, I, I just, obviously you haven't dig deep enough is kind of my my thing on that. Well, whatever. That's his, his choice to make. So the other thing is uh, we're having some website problems we wanted to tell you guys about. Yeah, you guys might have noticed the website. Kind of, it's kind of been up and running most of the time. It was down for a few days uh, completely, but even the, the, some of the widgets weren't working and, and shit like that. I think I've got it all worked out now. Uh, that website's pretty much a pain in my ass, so 
I don't know if anyone out there in uh, Grimerica is a website designer or anything like that, but if you are, let us know. Maybe what are you looking you could, for? Some tips? Or? I'd just like someone to run the site. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Can't afford to pay anyone, so maybe we can find a volunteer. Good luck with that. No doubt. So uh, speaking of uh, new fans from the Graylin Report, I got a few uh, things on Facebook here. I got uh, from Joss Stone, awesome show, y'all. First time to listen, first time listening since hearing you with Micah Hanks. Knew I was hooked when you introduced Nick Redfern as an author who has written well a shit ton of books. Keep it up. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, that's good. Do you have any more fan mail? Yeah, I got one here from Sean Mueller. Uh, just heard you both on the Graylian Report. Gonna start listening to you. I wish you all the best of luck. No, oh, it's good to have some some fans. I just like chatting about this stuff. Yeah, I know RPJ really enjoyed the uh, red or the Greg Cameron interview. He tweeted something uh, like his jaw was on the floor about halfway through. So, and I, I've gotten quite a bit of uh, feedback like that. So we'd like to thank Grant for for coming on, of course, and spending giving us three hours of his time. Yeah, I am looking forward to chatting with him again and getting him out here to Calgary too. Yeah, well, he said he was going to start listening, so hopefully uh, we've gained another fan as well. Yep. So uh, I guess we should reiterate, uh, if you guys can go and like us on the Facebook page, we're starting to get a few. It's starting to catch up, so uh, it's just uh, facebook.com slash Grimerica. How do I get in there? You want to send me the password too? I guess I should check it out. <laughs> yeah, I think I know the password. The email address it's hooked up to doesn't even exist anymore, but... Yeah, so we'll we have to fix that. Well, yeah. that doesn't really matter. I don't think I need Facebook emailing me anyway. We got, We should also be talking about, we've totally fucking forgot to talk about our theme music. Uh, so sorry to Jagger and the rest of Lock and Key. We've been using your music for uh, two months now without even mentioning it. It is in the show notes usually, but uh, we should mention that, uh, yeah, that's our buddy's band out of London, Ontario. Um, you can find the link to it in the show notes to their site. Check them out, uh, pick up their music. And uh, it's, uh, I'm not sure what the song's called, but uh, they gave it to us to use for our intro. So big thanks to them. Yeah, great guy too. We should get Jagger on just to, to get his feedback and see how he's doing. Yeah, we should. Jagger was actually almost uh, the third American when we had first started uh, some test runs with the podcast. Uh, he was in on a few of them, but... With all his bands and stuff he's working with as a musician, he just didn't have the time. But we should have him on sometime for for an episode to to chat with us. So I got a couple clips here I'd like to uh, to get into. Okay, there's uh, one more thing I wanted to get to before we get into that. I had uh, we've been uh, pretty much learned the ins and outs of podcasting from uh, listening to the Podcasters Studio. If anyone's looking to get into it. And uh, Ray Ortega is his name, and he's been kind of helping us out along the way. Uh, with any questions I have, I can just kind of tweet at him, and, I, and he answers me right away. So um, he's got a little promo thing he just came out with the other day, and I thought I would go ahead and give it a play for him for all his help. And uh, that way, any of you guys thinking about getting into podcasting uh, will know where to find the tips and tricks. And it's definitely worth a listen because it saves you a lot of headaches. You're going to have a lot of fucking headaches anyway, but... Hey, this is Ray from the podcasterstudio.com and host of the Podcaster Studio, a podcast all about podcasting. If you've been thinking about starting your own podcast or want to improve the show you already have, the Podcaster Studio is the show you want to listen to. 
From gear to production to marketing, you'll stay up to date with how to create the highest quality production within your budget. Search for The Podcaster Studio in iTunes or visit thepodcasterstudio.com for easy subscription links, tutorials, gear advice, and more. Thepodcasterstudio.com. Start your podcast now. So that's his little uh, promo clip there. And like I say, if you guys are looking to get into podcasting, I definitely recommend it. So I got a couple of clips here to, to I wanted to show you um, from OpenMinds.tv. It's like Jason and Maureen and Alejandro. They're great, uh, great people. Great website. Um, if you're looking for the latest uh, stuff on UFOs, a lot of videos and articles. So I want to play with you, uh, play for you a little clip. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, buddy. <laughs> uh, about a skeptic being blown away by a UFO sighting, and then we can chat about it. An assistant producer for Professor Brian Cox, BBC astronomy show Stargazing Live, reported seeing a UFO over the town of Ednesford in Staffordshire, England. On Friday, August 2nd, Keaton Stone posted the following message on his Twitter account. Okay, I know this sounds crazy, and I'm supposed to discount this kind of stuff, but I swear I have just seen a UFO over Canuck, Ednesford. Stone contacted the local news site Connect Canuck to see if anyone else had reported UFOs in the area. According to the site, no other reports had come in as of yet. Stone posted the following description of the UFO on Twitter, genuinely not joking. It was turquoise, then white, and flying all over the place. There's the mother of all storms here as well. He admits that ball lightning was his initial guess as to what could explain the UFO, but he dismissed that possibility, explaining, this thing was literally quizzing around and up and down and all over the place. When someone suggested to him that the object could have simply been a Chinese lantern, Stone responded, performing crazy breakneck turns and maneuvers? Don't think so. A friend saw the UFO too, but he and Stone are reportedly the only witnesses to report this UFO over Edmondsford so far. A witness captured video of a cigar-shaped UFO hovering... Okay, that's just going on to the next one. So um, that was pretty good. I've got another one here. And this is back a little ways. Uh, they're spacing out episode 50, and it's Ben Hansen talking about his sighting and Ben was um he's from that TV show Sky Sci-Fi's Factor Faked and I saw him do a presentation at the UFO Congress uh something called I think it was called like the anatomy of a skeptic or something like that so this guy is definitely you know very skeptical and uh it's good to hear what he has to say here Ben Hansen, TV producer and host of the sci-fi series Factor Faked Paranormal Files saw multiple UFOs over Huntington Beach, California a couple weeks ago Earlier this week, we talked with Ben to hear about his interesting experience. So, Ben, thanks for joining us. We understand that on May 3rd, you and a friend actually had a very interesting sighting over Huntington Beach. Yeah, um, we did. It, it, was, it was quite something. You know, this wasn't the first time that I've um, actually seen a UFO-type object, but uh, it was about 9.15. Um, I lived down there in Huntington Beach and went for a run on the high school track. Um, and the track, you know how most high schools have two bleachers on both sides and the ends are open, right? So the stadium lighting was not on, but across the street there was a parking lot and to the south there's um, uh, some baseball fields. So the mercury lighting, you know, this guy of, of those too? parking lots, right. you, yeah, could, huge. you could see the glow of it, but above us was, was dark. And I don't think we would have really seen this as clearly as we did um, if there had been lighting. So I finished up two miles. Um, that's about as, as much as I run these days. And uh, I, I sat down on the grass and was, was stretching, and she was finishing up um, her laps. 
And I looked up in the sky just almost directly above me, and uh, there was a triangular object. But what was so strange, well, if triangular wasn't strange enough, there were no lights, there was no rotating beacon, there was no um, you know, marking of, of any sort that would make you think this is a, a commercial uh, craft or anything. But there were three spheres, and they were bright white, but not, I wouldn't say they were illuminated, but they were, they were kind of like, um, I'd describe as a, you know, a medicine ball you know, that you use at the gym. And they were on all three points of the triangle. And the inside of the triangle, though, I couldn't tell. Now, this sounds crazy. This is where, <laughs> where you know, I get all these stories from people like, oh, it's advanced cloaking technology and whatever. I couldn't tell if I was looking at the sky up through the middle of the triangle or if the bottom of it was just colored like the sky. Um, because all I saw were defined edges and these three spheres. And this thing was hauling. Well, what do you think? Um, well, I don't know. Sure. I guess we're all skeptics until we see something we can't explain. Anyone yeah. that's rational, anyway. Or I showing evidence or something, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, th I think this is uh, what's going to be happening in the next 5, 10, 20 years. Is eventually, more and more skeptics and people that debunk this phenomenon will actually have genuine things happen to them. And it'll, uh, things will just naturally start opening up. Think so? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Like, look at this guy in England. He's a, you know, a scientist from an institute, and he sees this, and he calls the media, and he gets everybody involved. Like, that's, you know. I guess we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on it. See yeah. If, are UFOs in general, UFO sightings in general on the rise? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell. That. Yeah, you can't. It's hard to tell because the internet now and, you know, more and more people are probably reporting sightings, but you don't know if they're actually on the rise because apparently 95% of the people don't report sightings. So I wonder if they tweet them. Yeah. Well, yeah, speaking of uh, Twitter, Daniel Wynn, our fan from uh, the Stoon, uh, was asking me today, actually earlier today, about uh, our opinion on, well, he asked my opinion on uh, one of these online metaphysics colleges. And I kind of said no comment, but I said I'd ask you about <laughs> it because... <laughs> I think any metaphysical college is okay. <laughs> no, I'm just think, kidding. Uh, my just advice kidding. would be if it's uh, if you can get it free somehow, go for it. If well, you have I to shell know. out thousands I... of dollars, it's you're not going to get. I mean, it, I guess it'd have to be a personal thing because you're not going to get any of your money back. I I think uh, I'll check it out and and uh, get back to him. I'm looking at one right now, actually. Yeah. S O M, School of Metaphysics. I mean, personally, I uh, there's a lot of things probably in your community that you could do. In Saskatoon? Yeah. Think? Yeah. I've never been there. Check out meetup.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ground's a big meetup.com guy. You can go do all kinds of shit on there. Yeah, totally. What's next from meetup.com? I've got a sound and breath shamanic healing journey or something like that coming up. You liked the last one, didn't you? Wasn't it like the best one yet? You yeah, did? it was really good. Yeah, so these guys teach you like about the mind, healthy living, intuitive pro search, whatever is pro search a word? Pro search? Hmm. As opposed to research? Yeah. It just says pro search. Proactive searching, maybe? No, it just says pro search. And I don't think that's a word, but I could be wrong. So yeah, but if you know, I don't think you should pay a lot for it, but they should 
you can't get it for free, really. I mean, you can't expect to get it for free. Hey, did you hear about uh, these dolphins in India? Got granted uh, same status oh, as humans. I think that's great. Yeah, that's one thing I can get on board with. Really? Sure. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Wow. Really? We both agree on that? Uh, we both agree. Yeah. It's... But where does it stop? Well, that's the thing. Monkeys and bonobos and whales. What's a fucking bonobo? Well, it's a type of primate, isn't it? The one that's something... There's something correlated to humans in there. Oh, yeah, it's a monkey. Joe, Joe Rogan always talks about it. Yeah, There's a big a... difference between chimpanzees and bonobos. So when people, anthropologists and stuff, quote oh, yeah, things like fuckers, uh, chimpanzees, right? the way they they'll fight or something like that, then bonobos aren't the same, right? They're more like... Uh, more like people. Cooperative like people, yeah. Look at this little dude here. Crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, they should have the same status, right? Yeah, sure. What else? I don't know. Cats and dogs? Fuck cats and dogs, no. That's where it stops. Uh, speaking of apes, so I'd, uh, I've seen this. I think it's in BC someplace. Maybe it's not in BC anyway. Um, I'm going to link to it. I actually bumped into it on RPGA's Red Pills of the Week. No, that's one from China, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it says Chinese tourists. Oh. I don't know if it's in China or not. Oh. But I'm going to play, uh, we'll link to the video in the show notes for sure. Um, of course, uh, you can get to the Red Pills of the Week. This is the August 3rd edition, I think. <clears throat> but uh, there's a thing in the bush. It could be just a dude in a suit, I don't know, or a monkey or something, depending on where it is. I'm going to do a little more research. But uh, the audio is pretty cool, so I figured I'd play it here anyway. There's like 30 of them there that... Calling each other over. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. It's a weird accent. It's a Chinese accent. No, it doesn't sound like it. Something's definitely there in the bush digging and shit. And then you hear that? I play that again without talking. You can hear it. This. Sounds kind of like, remember on Mysterious Universe, they were playing that Sasquatch audio? Yeah. Sounds kind of like that. We should dig some of that up. Yeah, we should. I don't know. The one part I do like about the video is when the guy steps down a little bit and then he, at, towards the end, and he turns around and runs away like he's genuinely scared. Like, that looks pretty real. So I don't think it's faked, but I think that the, the thing might as well just be an ape. I mean, I don't think you can tell uh, the difference. Like a gorilla. Kind of. Yeah, it's tough to say. I'm going to play some of this Sasquatch audio here. Because he never really stands up. On my front seat. Where'd you get that from? Uh, I don't know. It's just on YouTube. It's going to leave. <laughs> You're just playing random Sasquatch audio well, no, from YouTube? No, it's that same one from Ontario that was on MU. Blame the PC. Yeah, no doubt. Piece of shit. Things thrown at us while we're sitting out here. With a C. It should be crap then. C H I T. Shit. Sheet. That's like how RPJ would say it. Cheat. Yeah, some of that could sound similar, right? Yeah. 
I mean, it sounds like <laughs> they're talking compared to the other guys. It's just... He's telling Chinese. the Chinese tourists to fuck off. That's why he's yelling. Whoop, whoop. Fuck off. Rock, rock. Taking a shit or something. That's what he was probably burying his shit. Oh, That's it looked like it. He was, like he was, yeah, he was, he was uh, throwing something his underneath shit. his, uh, like a cat would do, sort of. Like, he's in his little litter box there. Yeah, exactly. So, huh. there you have it. Sasquatch caught shitting on film. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I wanted to mention Audible again, too. I'm in the middle of this uh, classic book by Arthur C. Clarke called uh, Childhood, Childhood's End. I'd never heard of that one. I should. I think I've actually got another free credit here to use. Yeah, me uh, too. So, yeah, if you, of course, you get a free credit every month with Audible. For 15 bucks a month, you get a free book every month and then 30% off any other books you want to buy. Yeah, we're huge audiobook fans, but they, they have more than audiobooks, too. They have all kinds of old lectures and all, all kinds of stuff uh, audio-related. Yeah, the last one I listened to was the Nick Redfern one, so I think I'm going to look for something uh, spacey on this one. Something yeah. nonfiction, spacey. Yeah, there's thousands of thousands of titles. So. Yeah, over 100,000 books. And, of course, uh, if you go to audibletrial.com slash Grimerica, uh, you're going to get a free book and a free month's trial. And uh, once you go Audible, you probably won't go back because uh, just a, it's a great way to, to take in content. Speaking of books, I wish this was on audio, but it's not because it's pretty big. It's like uh, it's almost 400 pages. Behind the Cosmic Veil, that's a new vision of reality merging science, the spiritual, and the supernatural by Thomas P. Fusco. Yeah, of course, we'll have Fusco on the show next week. So uh, actually, by the time you hear this, there's probably not going to be any time to get in questions, but uh, uh, you can shoot, try it out anyway. Shoot us any questions for Fusco. Um, I'll tweet it out here right after we're done recording so that uh, give you guys a bit of more time to get some questions in. Well, uh, people could tweet questions for uh, guests after that too, right? Yeah, yeah. You guys, uh, if you have any questions for Richard Serrett or Lauren Coleman, we can get those in right away. Yeah, Richard Serrett's from the Conspiracy Show, Zuma Radio AM 740 uh, out of Toronto, and Lauren Coleman is the uh, cryptozoologist yeah, and of course, if you guys have any guests you might want us to uh, to try and book, go ahead and email us those over as well at uh, feedback at uh, feedback at grimerica.ca. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Grimerica. We're on Facebook forward slash Grimerica. And on this episode, we got Matt Staggs from Disinfocast coming on. Yeah, and uh, the editor at disinfo.com. He's a writer uh, in a, all over the place and just an all-around interesting guy. Yeah, he's got lots of great guests. I love his podcast. He's got a real good variety of interesting topics he talks about, kind of some of the people we'd like to have on here too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's he's had some great guys. Maybe uh, we can get a few of them. And uh, he's got uh, some interesting points of view. And uh, it was a fun chat, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, it was um, I suppose without further ado, we'll get to the chat with Matt Staggs of the DisinfoCast and Disinfo.com. And uh, we'll pop back in after the interview and uh, bid you guys adieu. There are dark clouds where I'm from. Grew up on the wrong side of the But I believe. Just enough to carry me 
Okay, guys, here we are. we're going to be here with our chat with Matt Staggs of disinfo.com and host of uh, the Dis- Disinfocast, as well as a long line of other things. Um, first, as always, is Graham. How's it going tonight, Graham? Hey, I'm doing really good tonight, Darren. Looking forward to chatting with Matt. We love his uh, podcast. Listen to it a lot. The more I listen to it, the more I love about it. Actually, I've, I heard it a couple years back, too. I want to chat with him about that. So um, without further ado, Matt, welcome to uh, Grimerica show, and thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Pretty excited about this. And I know we had a little trouble earlier with scheduling, and I really appreciate you working with me to have me on. Yeah, no problem at all. We're, uh, we're always willing to do whatever it takes to get on a guest. So. And that's why you're pros. <laughs> we're actually pretty new at this, but uh, we're having a great time so far. You know, oh, it's we've a great had- medium. Yeah, it is really good. And, and you're, uh, you know, inspiration to us, right? I've listened to you for a couple of years now and on and off. But the more I listen to you now, the more I realize how much kind of we have in common and how I love, uh, love your, your guests. And I'd like to know a little bit more about your disinfo sure. brand. I don't know if I want to call it a brand, but. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a good question. And no, brand isn't something I'm afraid of. I mean, you got to <laughs> call it something. Uh, yeah, Disinfo uh, is the disinformation company has been around for like 16 years. And over the years, they've specialized in producing books and DVDs and all kinds of stuff that uh, seek to present alternative viewpoints, news that's rarely covered. And, you know, what I would call disturbing truths. So, uh you know, I have only recently come on board within the last couple of years, and uh, before that, they've had a long legacy of uh, books like uh, 50 Things You're Not Supposed to Know, You're Being Lied To, uh, just a bunch of cool stuff like that. And now they're distributing more DVDs than ever, and plus making a few original documentaries, I think. So uh, the brand itself, as far as me being involved, I am the guy that's on the website. I'm the web content editor. <clears throat> and what I try to do is... is supply a lot of deeply weird stuff. You know, I'm, I'm happiest when I supply stories that are contradictory. You know, I love having two different things on the same site, both contradicting each other and offering different perspectives on the same, you know, idea. And uh, I try to balance between my own stuff that I find and uh, content for my contributors. Uh, on any given day, you'll come on this info and see, you know, stories about the occult or Bigfoot along with, uh, you know, astronomy or climate change or, uh, you know, things about uh, art or music and, uh, you know, and breaking science news in, you know, I think that in some ways that's a reflection of my own sort of uh, chaotic interests. So do you run the Disinfo Twitter as well? No, I do not. I don't run that. Uh, one of our other folks handles that. Um, but a lot of the stuff that, you know, I post at Disinfo.com gets uh, transferred uh, to the Twitter. I don't handle that. I do the website. I do promotion where needed, and I do a lot of videos now. And I'm also, of course, the host of the podcast. So, how long have you been doing the podcast? I like the show. I like the the Jesse Ventura one. Oh yeah, uh, I really like. Well, you liked. know, Matt, what do you got here? Is <laughs> so yeah, I've been doing the podcast now. Good God, I guess uh, over a year. Um, Got to be over a year. Uh, cause I'm up to, I'm in the, in the sixties now. I, I don't know exactly when I started, maybe a year and a half ago, something before that it was run by another great bunch of guys. They're all friends of mine, Austin Gandy, uh, and a few other fellas. And, uh, and I just kind of stepped in when they were kind of taking a hiatus and stepping away from it. Oh, so I think I caught those guys and I caught you right in the transition. 
uh, way back when. And it's funny because I was listening to uh, a bunch of these creative type podcasts and about strange stuff. And then I was also listening to things like Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. So I was used to a polarized my, my, view. Yeah, my head doesn't explode if I'm exposed to both things. You know, I'm, I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm delighted when I have a bunch of contradictory stuff to expose people to. The, pro the problem is I, I couldn't handle any more of that, uh, the hardcore skepticism. It was driving me a bit bonkers. So um, I, when I listened to you guys before you came on, I wasn't sure. I was so used to polarized views. I, I couldn't figure out where you guys stood on stuff. And it was interesting to me. I'm like, hey, these guys like the kind of just an impartial view kind of in the middle. So, well, I think as far as I go is I'm never on there to really challenge my guests. I'm interested in what they have to say. I'm interested in why they believe it. And I'm interested in exploring their ideas. Um, you know, if you want to get on a show that's a lot of screamy, shouty, kind of stuff there's there's plenty besides me now when i say i'm not interested in challenging i mean that i'm not interested in ambushing or or shouting or calling people liars or, or you know that kind of thing i mean i of course will ask questions and sometimes those questions go into maybe areas that the guest had not wanted to get into per se mm -hmm. but that to me is is a lot better than uh you know you liar i got printouts right here you know yeah yeah it, I got the document. So, you know, um, that is is kind of more where I'm coming from. Uh, as far as my own belief systems go, I, you know, I, I'd say I don't like zealots a whole lot. I don't like people that are that are hardcore fundamentalists about anything. And that includes the, um, the skepticism. Yeah. Yeah, skepticism with a capital S, which yeah. is completely different from being skeptical. Yeah. Um, and I don't care for that. But then again, I don't care for the hardcore UFO people either, you know, or yeah. the Bigfoot fundamentalists, First Church of Bigfoot. <laughs> so, They're the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always coming around and leaving their <laughs> pamphlets at my Getting door. Getting trash. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I, I leave them a pan of Alpo outside sometimes. But, the yeah, I, I, I try to just sort of maintain an interesting podcast, and, and I'm cheerfully uh, able to discuss, you know, uh, whatever alternative history and, and, you know, Atlantis or, you know, why that might all be bullshit or whether it's uh, true or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really not that concerned um, with – I don't know, presenting a, a cohesive front. You know, I'm, I'm kind of more of a guy that's just content to understand that I'm not going to understand everything. Yeah. You know, that's we, the one thing I do understand. I'm not going to figure it all out. Yeah, we totally get that. I think that's kind of our style, our style too. Have you, has, has your views changed at all since you started podcasting? Like it, talking to people in person, has that changed your outlook on any of this uh, strange phenomena? No, I wouldn't say it has. Uh, I've always been open to other people's ideas. Um, you know, especially if they're not assholes about it, they're not trying to push it on me and I'm willing to explore anything. Um, I've always been a person though, that's, always, that's been fascinated by the unusual, the strange, and I was kind of a reject and weirdo growing up. So I guess it comes with the territory. Uh, I have, uh, I've always been very, very comfortable in these sorts of, uh, liminal gray areas between, uh, belief systems, I guess. So I've never had any kind of unusual experiences. I've gone on a few ghost hunts and walked away completely convinced that nothing had happened there besides a lot of uh, adults getting spooked over funny stuff they shouldn't get spooked <laughs> over. Uh, I would love it if there is a Bigfoot. I don't think there probably is one, but I'm, I'm totally down with it if there is. You know, And, and I, I'm not going to be the guy that says there's definitely not because I don't. There's no evidence, but that doesn't mean there's no Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 
Uh, and I love the sort of cultural aspects of all these sorts of belief systems. That's what to me is, is most attractive. Not if something is true, but why do people believe it? You know, in the art and the culture and the social uh, context of all this kind of things. I mean, you know, I, I mentioned Atlantis. I'm, I'm very fascinated with the idea of Atlantis. But I, do I think there's an Atlantis? There, there was historically? Probably not. It was probably based on some kind of myth somewhere. Uh, certainly Plato contributed to the, um, you know, legend with his own um, uh, little monologues about it, uh, which I think were metaphorical. Uh, but am I fascinated with the idea of what it represents? Absolutely. Do I enjoy the art and the conversations that it generates and symbolism? 100%. But am I going to get on the air and, and start shrieking at someone that believes in it? No. <laughs> I, I am interested in what they have to say. What about stuff like UFOs? Is there enough data out there for you to uh... – realize there's a legitimate phenomenon going on? I realize that there are a lot of people saying that they've experienced or seen weird stuff, uh, but that's true for everything. I like playing with the ideas. Yeah. Uh, I'd love it if there were. I, I don't know if there is, though. I, I've never seen anything unusual, be it ghosts, Bigfoot, UFOs, werewolves, whatever. Mm -hmm. I've never seen any of it. So I'd love to. I'd be delighted. But mm -hmm. <clears throat> so far, uh, they haven't come to me. Uh, you know, I, I, there's a lot of contradictory information for, and, and you have to look at this from different perspectives. One is, is that there are a lot of natural phenomena that can be misinterpreted in a variety of fashions. Um, I don't want to pull the old swamp gas canard, but you know, there are things that, that do happen that can be uh, misinterpreted. There's of course, uh, man-made phenomena. Uh, and within that nestled in that is the fact that, uh, government agencies used UFO communities to spread disinformation, you know, to cover up their own military projects, to keep people confused, and also to uh, throw a smokescreen in the way of enemy intelligence agencies. So you do have a, a verifiable pattern of the government uh, screwing with people this way. And then you have hoaxes, and, uh, you know, then you, then you have something else. You know, maybe it is something unusual that people have seen. And even from there, if you have to explore that, you don't know whether it's aliens. You know, you don't know. Could it be, if you want to get really weird, and I love getting weird, you know, maybe it's time travelers. You know, maybe it's something from another dimension. Maybe it's like uh, John Kill talked about, the ultra-terrestrials, that these are, you know, things that occasionally blink into existence from uh, some sort of, you know, lateral um, reality that's, that's running side by side with our own that we can't even detect. Who knows? But no, I've never... No, I, I like digging around in it. Uh, I'm not convinced one way or the other. Have you had uh, any theories run past you that you're just like, no, there's no fucking way that that's true? Oh, yeah, every day. But uh, <laughs> Right. I mean, I, I think it's part of being a, a thinking person that you run across theories that don't, uh, don't make sense and you either uh, try to figure them out or discard them. Uh, you know, but I feel that way about a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm a pretty live and let live kind of guy for the most part. What about uh, some of your favorite guests and that type of thing? Some of your favorite topics you've covered so far? Oh, wow. Uh, that would be that's an interesting area to get into. I recently had uh, Scott Sigler on, who's a science fiction author and a longtime podcaster. And we talked a lot about the uh, about artificial intelligence and where it might go and whether uh, you know, our next stage of evolution is in actuality, not organic, but mechanical. And whether our, 
you know, evolutionary children would look upon us with scorn or uh, compassion. You know, that was an interesting topic. Uh, I love having Duncan Trussell on whenever I can. He's one of my favorite guests. Um, uh, there's just so many. There's been so many in the past that uh, that I've had that it's hard to really, you know, single in on on somebody in particular. So would would you recommend uh, those guys on our show then? Would those be some of your top guys you recommend? Oh, sure, sure. Uh, just about anybody I've had on there. There's been a couple of uh, duds. You know, with any show, you're going to have a few bad episodes. But, yeah, Scott's great, and Duncan, of course, is a wonderful person. I liked, uh, <clears throat> I liked your chat with Steve Volk. Um, he's one of my, yeah, I love Steve. my, my yeah. favorite, uh, favorite guys. Talking about the polarization, like when I heard him talking yeah. about uh, that, it really made me realize, like, I've always thought we should be getting towards uh, this common ground in the middle with the information age, but we're actually going the other way, it seems. Well, he says something that a few other people have said, and that is nobody really likes ambiguity. They don't, they want to know the answer. They don't want to hear uh, this is the way that it might be, but I'm not sure. Hmm. And you, and you believe that yourself? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of things we're just never going to know the answer to. Um, and if I don't know the answer, I'm perfectly willing to let you know. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like one of the things I've said many times before is anybody that's absolutely convinced they can tell you uh, what happens after you die is full of shit. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, but I, it's hard for me to realize other people aren't OK with not knowing. Right. Like I'm, I'm OK with, uh, you know, all these different possibilities, but. It's hard for me to picture everybody else wanting to know the answer. Well, no, I mean, it's it's natural. Nobody wants to die. I mean, healthy people don't, at least. And it's it's something that everybody wants to know because you there are so many questions wrapped up into it. It's not just the sure egotistical question of am I going to disappear and me, you know, is there going to be no more me? But it's also am I going to see the people I love again? Will they see me again? You know, is there an answer to all this that I'm going to get? You know, is this life all that there really is? And if not, what did this life mean? You know, it's, it's a huge question, one people have been dealing with forever, you know, and, and it's one of the questions and not every question or all of it that uh, religion tries to answer. You know, every belief system tries to answer to some degree or another. So, yeah, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable to wonder. Hell, I wonder, but uh, I don't know. I plan to just live forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen that uh, Saturday Night Live skit when they do the Gathering of the Juggalos parody? And there's always I like have. the one guy's like, I'm going to live forever. And you know, he dies. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I figure I'll end up either as a half robot or in some fucking Google mainframe in Idaho. Yeah, you don't know if you're one in, in one now, though. That's the thing. I mean, yeah. the simulation thing is very fascinating. And it's, uh, it makes sense. But I had recently written a piece about it where I compared it to a religious belief system. It's just now it's a technological one instead of a spiritual one. You know, we don't we don't have any proof that we're in a simulation or this universe is simulated. It offers a lot of the same things a religious system does, you know, in the sense that this world isn't this real world. You're going to wake up in a new, shiny, wonderful world or, or the real world when you die or, or whatever when you unplug and and you know the creators are there that have you know created the simulated life i mean tell me that's not a religious belief system just with shiny chrome on it yeah i think well we've already started to create our own little uh mini world with the internet is almost yeah. you know our own little version of a simulation i think it's probably safe to assume and probably good for you to assume that uh this life is the one you get 
and to realize that the minute you're born, you're, you know, it's like you're one of those uh, balls in a pin, pinball machine that's just been shot off and you're pinging off things. But eventually you're going to roll back down again. And, uh, you know, who knows if there's something there, it's a bonus ball. Right. Hmm. So it seems to me like the last uh, three or five years has been more and more coming out with uh, near death experiences and out of body experiences. Yeah, and it's, but, it's becoming harder for me to uh, to not kind of buy into the fact that our consciousness will move on in I'd some like that. form or another. And a lot of smart people think that, yeah. but we don't have any proof. You yeah. know, there's there any time that you could bring up any example of proof, like this person saw this or that or did that or this thing, there's going to be a million different uh, angles one can take to criticize that or, or put that into doubt. You know, I mean, there's just no absolute, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, for one thing, I understand that there are a lot of uh, people in establishment positions that don't want to see what is received wisdom right now uh, to be taken down. I understand that. But at the same time, you know, we've got to be honest. And uh, when there's a hole in the experiment or uh, the possibility of doubt or uh, human uh, failure or whatever, then when we've got to accept that. And I've yet to see, I mean, if there was uh, absolute proof of life after death, um, it would be pretty world changing, but I've yet to see one bit of proof that hasn't been challenged in some way. I don't know if we'll ever be able to, to get proof of that. Yeah, that's right. That's I my mean, point. Guys like Russell Targer coming pretty close mm -hmm. in, in, uh, in psychic uh, type stuff. I, I, yeah, heard, but, I heard you chat with him. It was pretty fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a neat guy. But again, there's, you know, Targer's research has been challenged by a lot of people too. And yeah. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just pointing it out. Yeah. So. I like the target interview too. I I don't know. I I'm kind of I come from the same place that I'm not a uh, hundred percent really sold on anything, but I'm willing to let people talk and and try and change my mind. Change my mind. I do uh, lend some credence to some things like uh, the psychedelic side of things and meditation mm -hmm. and shit like that. Well, these things have objective physical responses, even if you don't want to get into the spiritual side. You know, yoga is great for mind-body integration, you know, that you, you get in touch with what your body does and feels. Uh, it's great for relaxation. They've shown uh, very objective um, results from yoga for a lot of different things. Like, uh, I think even like dancing, anything incorporates mind body integration is good for you. Like I had a study recently with, uh, people with cancer and other serious illnesses that started dancing and it helped improve their outlook. They felt like they were in control of their body a little more, hmm. you know, uh, prisoners have been given yoga programs and they've like in one study, they showed that prisoners who received yoga were a lot more, uh, a lot calmer and less likely to to feel agitated or depressed. Hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's there. So, um, you know, I mean, and again, I'm I'm not. I know how I sound. I'm not like a hard skeptic kind of guy. I'm just a guy that's you know willing to take whatever you have under consideration and respect you for it. But you know, make up my own mind. And and part of that is is understanding the difference between things I wish were true and things I have no proof of being true. Do you meditate? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, when I can. I, I don't do it as much as I used to. But, uh, yeah, I, I'll go out to the side of a lake and sit down and, and just try to, you know, defrag. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't tried that shit yet. My wife meditates, but uh, Graham meditates too, but I haven't tried yet. I've been meaning yeah. to for like three years. 
Yeah, uh, I do that. You know, I, I, right now I found that jujitsu is kind of where my outlet is. Hmm. You know, as far as that goes, and uh, and right, so that's what I do, and I just stay busy with a lot of other really rewarding activities. Yeah, yeah. We've been trying to get. Uh, I want to get Darren into the sensory deprivation chamber, being a complete uh, virgin at meditation, and just throw him right in there and see what happens. Yeah, you ever seen a movie called Altered State? I don't think I have. Oh yeah, if you're interested in um, uh, those kinds of things, sensory yeah. deprivation chambers, is that the one and psychedelics. On? No, no, no. This is a this is a movie from like the seventies or, oh. or late seventies, early eighties, oh, and it's yeah. about I think a scientist. That was Vice or something. I'm thinking of. This is a movie, and okay. the scientist gets into this tank and actually regresses to, like, some sort of primal ape man. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Whoa. Yeah, oh, yeah, you absolutely have to check it out. I don't Who, want are you not to have to seen? Me. No, it's too late. You're already a primal ape man, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're not doing video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we've, we've heard that, you know, video ruins the audio or some silly thing like that. Yeah, well, when you have to see the faces from which the voice is coming out of, it can. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, speaking of uh, sensory deprivation chambers, have you ever tried it? No, 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 no. I I live way out in bumfuck Egypt. We don't have anything like that around here. That's Mississippi, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, that's that's another word for it. Uh, (laughs) My people call it bumfuck Egypt. (laughs) What your people call Mississippi. (laughs) We... uh, we were just looking at the uh, states that have been listening to our podcast, and your state was uh, the last one. I think you, I think you were probably the the first guy in Mississippi to listen to us. So. Oh yeah, or I've listened to your podcast before. So yeah, it, uh, it. Well, you know, I mean, things are different here now than they were when I was growing up. It, change moves slowly, especially in, you know, poverty-stricken rural areas. You know, especially areas with a long history of different kinds of cultural problems, but. It is inevitable, and uh, things have changed a whole lot since I've been here. Um, you know, I'm trying, of course, to turn people onto podcasts and stuff like that. And there are plenty of other people that like some of the stuff I do, but you know, it just takes a while. Yeah, it's it's bound to work its way in a, in there eventually. Yeah, the internet's done a lot to change things up. Yeah, now people can work from anywhere. Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely true. And that you get exposed to ideas from outside your community. When I was growing up, uh, there wasn't an Internet, especially when I was in high school and the very first part of college. So you didn't get exposed to new ideas. You were just kind of stuck in this little community and people told you what was what. And you might think it was bullshit and you might go look it up in the library. But if there wasn't a book on it, you know, and you couldn't borrow one or go buy one, you know, things can get sketchy. Yeah, I grew up in a small town too. Um, very similar to that. So, what do you what are you thinking uh, in the next like six months, year? Where do you want to go with your your podcast? Do you have any yeah any plans at all? Anything? Absolutely. I, I want to pick up and do more podcasts. I want to do a few a week if possible. Wow. Uh, I want to switch over to video. I want to work in a lot of video in my podcasts. I'm already doing short, like 10, 15 minute video interviews on Disinfo right now. I just uh, did one today, this morning, with comedian Mac Hard, uh, also known as the most powerful Les. Oh yeah, the power okay. Les Mac Hard. Uh, she's a she's a funny person. Uh, did it one with her, and uh, did one of the guys involved in Fix My Kid, the movie, which is about the troubled teen industry. 
So I'm trying to do these little things more and more. Um, I'd like to probably pick up and leave, move at some point if the time's right for that. Uh, I would ultimately see myself as doing some of the same work that John Ronson does or Louis Theroux or any of these sorts of guys that involve themselves directly in, in journalism, kind of participatory narrative journalism. Uh, I'd love to do that, like, you know, go off and spend some time with the UFO people or visit a convention devoted to, you know, whatever, like a, survive, a preppers thing or, or whatever, you know, just kind of immerse myself a little more mm-hmm. in, in odd cultures and uh, interesting you know, lifestyles of different sorts. Yeah, is it still like, is Mississippi one of the states where it's like, like fucking bad news to get caught with pot or anything like that? You know, that's an interesting question. And it's one that people assume is true. However, if it's under an ounce, it's quote unquote decriminalized in the sense that if it's under an ounce, it's a misdemeanor here. Uh, They will still probably lock you up, but I think it's like a $250 ticket. And, um, also, it's, it, of course, if you if you have paraphernalia with you, or if there's any sign at all that you meant to sell it, um, you're screwed. <laughs> you're gonna have a lot more trouble. But if it's just you and some pot, chances are you're gonna get arrested and dropped in jail. But uh, but yeah, technically it's a misdemeanor. Seems like there's more of that all over. Like I've been surprised to hear that about a lot of states, and you don't well, see you to would fucking be surprised. Hear about it, eh? Mississippi actually it was one of the first states here in the United States to decriminalize. Hmm. Yeah, people don't realize it. It's true, though. Y'all need to take a hit of this, Jeffrey. It'll calm you down. I guess I, I didn't know if I wanted to go here or not, but I noticed you, you've probably written about it on your website too. There, I think there's a, or somebody has about the whole NSA thing. You know, where us being in Canada and all that, it's uh, spooky. Yeah, we get a little bit of a different take on it, but it's kind of hard not to. Oh, uh, you guys go have there. A, a pretty big surveillance organization as well. I can't remember the name of it, but they're doing you guys the same way, and they're hand in hand with NSA. Right. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, uh, it's just that our, one of our whistleblowers got to it before yours did. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's creepy. You know, it's absolutely creepy, and it's a sign, another sign of of how willing we are to capitulate to the demands of uh, our enemies. You know, that that someone tosses a bomb our way or whatever, and suddenly, you know, we're, we've got cameras on everybody and monitoring everything people say. It's uh, it's terrible. 
Yeah, all this shit used to read in science fiction and see on. It's funny how oh, yeah. there was, the movies almost prepped us for it. We were talking to Robbie Graham a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. we were talking about movies like Enemy of the State and and shit like that coming out like 15 or 20 years ago and kind of showing us the shit that we're finding out now they can actually do. Yeah. Oh, you know what you guys have is the Communication Security Establishment, I think is what it's called. CSIS, I think. Or something. Yeah, yeah, good times, good times. Yeah, uh, the UK has it. Everybody has uh, all kinds of fun stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think about the same thing sometimes, that we're basically like living in a dystopian novel now. You know, it's like uh, today I watched an ad for some guy that's trying to generate uh, revenue for a product he calls Soylent, which is a goo that you can drink instead of eating. Yeah, but he's like, and it's a commercial. It's like, you know, eating is well, something I don't have time to do and blah, 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 blah. So it's like a nice music playing in the background. It's like, where the fuck am I? What <laughs> happened, man? I was I was playing Atari 2600 and reading like Namor the Submariner, you know, and, and suddenly I'm an adult living in the society where uh, government's spying on me and there's predator robots flying around and people are trying to sell me freaking soylent goo you're drinking your meals yeah <laughs> yeah wait, what the hell happened yeah Did you see that new fucking mio commercial uh which one that shit you spray in the water yeah i always think that's ridiculous oh, we called fuck, man, that dude, we called that kool-aid when i was a kid <laughs> yeah that fucking latest commercial is creepy man like i watch it and i'm like jesus why what's well, wrong with it isn't it good just you flavoring it. You for should... your water yeah but yeah, the no, commercials are fucked it? up what 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 is the commercial? Because there's been a million of them. Yeah, I can't remember. It's like two dudes doing a bunch of weird shit, and it gets all awkward. It's like awkward. Are you sure this wasn't a special video channel you might have found on the internet one night? And two dudes doing things that get awkward, <laughs> spraying stuff. That too. Um, yeah. No, you know, I I know they had the creepy series of commercials with the animals in in bars, you know, like lounges, you know, and they're spraying stuff in their water or whatever. It's like you're in a fucking bar, man. Why are you drinking Kool Aid? Yeah. I haven't seen those. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about the uh, the people and and the Americans thinking about this uh, NSA? Like, are they? I've heard. I've talked to Most some people, people down there that, that don't off. even know about it. Yeah. They don't care. There's some of them well, are pissed off. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, you got to realize you're you are going to be probably isolated within your own circle of friends. You don't talk to people too much outside of that. Just like I don't. You know, right. I've got my own little group online, and uh, I don't have many friends here locally anyway. But <clears throat> the people I know are pretty pissed off about it. It's kind of like uh, the Trayvon Martin thing. It's like don't don't assume because I'm a white southerner that I'm on your side. You know guys that support uh zimmerman or whatever you know and and it's easy to go well everybody in this area or whatever supports this because they're this person or live in that geographic area and it's not true you know um people i've talked to yeah they think it's creepy and they don't like it Hmm. i don't even know what to believe anymore watching some of the mainstream news and the media like how do you even sift through all the distraction and all the crap you do by listening to a lot of people and watching a lot of things and getting it from a lot of different sources, you know, and, and again, it falls into, again, you're given a theory that you can't believe and, and you can't work into what you already know and you discard it. You just got to, you know, you pays your ticket, you buys your ticket and you takes your ride, you know, and uh, this is what you got to do, man. The Internet is that tool that we can use to devise at least some degree of truth from all of this. Uh, I don't know what to think either, but the narrative that I've followed so far seems seems pretty uh, pretty on the money. You know that we have this horrific, you know, 
spider this that's living on uh, this web that's covering the entire country, you know, and and we're all kind of caught in it. It's like that Shelob spider from Lord of the Rings, you know, that we're we're getting caught and just pulled into. It's monitoring everything. Well, it's and, over, it's, and it's over it's over the world probably, not mm-hmm. so much just yeah, the oh, US, yeah, absolutely, so. absolutely. It's everywhere. But the thing is, all of your governments are cooperating too. Yeah. It's funny to hear people, oh, stupid United States. Well, you know, guess what, motherfucker? You guys have been like giving each other hand jobs for, uh, you know, six decades now. Yeah, you know, since World War II. Now. Right, right. Yeah. You know, don't be thinking that you just because you live in the UK or Canada or Germany or France or whatever that your government's any better than ours. It's you know, of course we've got we're the, all just pussy whipped. <laughs> yeah, we've got the biggest, ugliest government around. You know, but the thing is, is that all of us are in the Western world have been like complicit. You know, there's nobody without blood on their hands. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And and again, it's like, right, guess what? Australia, guess what? Canada, Britain, you know, you're all involved in this thing together with us. We don't like it either. How did have you always been interested? Like, how did you stumble into disinfo and the podcast hmm. and, and this life? Uh, wow, that goes back a long way, man. I've always been interested in weird shit. Uh, some of my earliest memories are of watching like uh, Leonard Nimoy's In Search Of. And I grew up, you know, I was born in 73. I'm 40 now. And uh, I grew up watching a lot of weird stuff like that. It was kind of the golden age for, like, paranormal entertainment. Uh, I watched those things and stuff about Bigfoot and would go to the library and check out tons of books on, um, you know, monsters and uh, ghost stories and you know, uh, there was an author, a child's author named Daniel Cohen that wrote a ton of books like here's the truth about vampires. You know, it would be full of like woodcuts from the 14th century and, you know, pen and ink illustrations of Dracula and Varney the Vampire. And then you pick another one up. It would be about uh, UFO encounters. And uh, I read all that stuff and watched these things on TV. And, and I was just a weird kid. Was that Unsolved Mysteries out by then? Or was that pre-Unsolved no, Mysteries? That was much later, Unsolved Mysteries. But, yeah, I mean, I got in anything like that. I would watch it and uh, read it and talk about it. I got into Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, weird bands and underground movies and zines. And, you know, I, soon I just found myself as part of this weird alternative current. And, and I liked it. You know, I uh, explored different things like, you know, the occult and, and UFOs and, uh, you know, the, the kind of secret history of different um, political things that had happened in, in our own country. And, uh, I stumbled upon Disinfo's books before the, you know, 50 Things books, and you were being lied to, and I still have a stack of those in my house, uh, along with Adam Parfrey's things like Apocalypse Culture uh, and a few other kind of alternative publications. I, meanwhile, I found that all the stuff that I had been kind of picked on about in high school and junior high and even part of college that I was kind of a reject for with the birth of the internet turned into incredible um, gains. You know, all of a sudden it paid off to be the guy that knew about weird shit. You know, it turned out to be good to be the guy that had read a bunch of odd books and, and watched a ton of movies and was able to write about them. You know, uh, and part of that was I got into writing and blogging back in like 2005, 2006 and doing a lot of book publicity from there. Uh, Disinfo brought me on board because I had developed a reputation for being able to handle uh, odd books. 
And this is include science fiction, fantasy, horror, things like that. If you had a book that didn't quite fit in anywhere and was going to be a hard thing to market, you brought me in. <laughs> so this info heard about me and brought me in to handle Graham Hancock's book, uh, Entangled. Entangled yeah. mm -hmm. So I worked with Graham on that, and from there worked on a couple other titles, uh, including uh, Daniele Bellelli's uh, religion book. So from there, I, I started podcasting with Disinfo. I, I had, you know, I was clearly excited about the brand. I've always loved it. Um, I contributed a lot of stories. And I, I think Disinfo saw in me something that, that was akin to what they're doing and, and vice versa. So we just kind of joined forces. I heard about Entangled uh, through you, actually. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that the novel? Yeah. Yeah, it's one yeah. of his novels. So yeah. the next one is, is the other one. He's got his War God. Yeah. yeah. That's no, I've right. got a I heard ton of Graham Hancock stuff uh, here at the house, a stack of it. That's right. Yeah. I, I listened to that episode with him. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. I'm, I like some of his theories, especially his older ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like all of it. And again, I'm, I'm, I just kind of bring it in as grist for the mill. I, I think about this sometimes. Even things I don't believe are extremely valuable to me just because they get me thinking differently or, or spark sort of creative thoughts or, you know, or widen my horizons. I guess I'm like everybody else in that sense. Um, oh, I don't know. It's I just think a different type of exploration. Yeah, absolutely. That's a pretty don't good be trait, but it's rare. Don't I be think. afraid to explore things. You know, don't feel like you have to make up your mind about stuff. And uh, and all these sorts of things, you know, like Graham stuff and, and Nick Redferns and you know, all these sorts of people just absolutely get me going. Yeah, Redford's a fascinating guy too. We had oh, him on a, a while a fun, ago. Yes. Yeah, and he does it all with uh, with his British accent. He just sounds so so perfect doing it. Oh, and he just churns out books. Yeah, you know, it's I I think there's like 15 different Nick Redferns working in uh, underground labs. Just it's an writing. army of typewriting monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So you're talking about symposiums. We're going to one uh, actually, Micah Hanks, uh, who you had on. He yeah, puts Micah, it on right. there. The Paradigm Symposium. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. that would. That's a. That's a great symposium. You'd be able to uh, get right into all that stuff. Yeah, I'd love to be able to check that out. Now that I'm, I'm kind of free uh, a little more in my schedule. I'd like to try to do a little traveling. You know, it's it's easier said than done. And good God, the TSA makes traveling a, a pain in the ass. But you know, I'd love to get out and check some of these things out. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, I'd love to get to L.A. at some point, and there's a few other people, people, uh, people, a few other places I'd like to visit as well. So, um, who, who do you have any uh, future guests or any uh, sneak peeks you can give us coming up on the Disinfocast? Yeah, uh, I well, I, I can tell you, you know, every time I think someone's absolutely <laughs> dead set locked in, I always get made a fool of, but. I can tell you a few people that I'm already kind of wrangling to pull in the door that have made some, you know, sounds and gestures that they'll probably be on and uh, that at one point or another thought they were, I thought they were sure things and probably will be. Uh, I'm talking with uh, Roseanne uh, right now. Uh, Roseanne Barr is who I mean. Uh, and also with uh, Bobcat Goldthwaite to have him on board. I know he's been on Joe's show, but I, you know, I've been a fan of bobcat stuff since i was a child i mean i grew up watching those movies and his comedy specials and uh you know as his career's changed i followed it you know he's a great director i love his movies uh willow creek's pretty great if you haven't seen it yet 
So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to have him on pretty soon. Um, that is, is pretty much what I know for sure. I'm also going to have uh, Adrian Rain, uh, Dr. Who's written a pretty interesting book about the anatomical roots of violence. And, you know, there's just a few other guys floating here and there that I'm going to have on at some point or another. So that's pretty much that. Perfect. I can't I can't wait. Yeah, you've got so many that's good variety of really interesting guests. You know, I get all kinds of topics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, you know, if I can have like a constant mix of, you know, just interesting, weird people with, uh, you know, that have ideas to present, that's that's great. And, you know, it's kind of like uh, I heard Brian Callen uh, talking about his own podcast that he had said he recently realized that there's a lot of writers that would be happy to talk about their books. They're discovering different things and and he's having them on. And that's something I've known for a long, long time, having been in that industry. And it's amazing how often you can get somebody, you know, just by asking, you know, somebody that's not in the spotlight all the time, but you read a great book and you go, look, you got a few minutes and they'll be like, hell yeah. Yeah, you know, sure. I can get out there and talk about these things that are passionate, that are you know, that are that are important to me, and that I'm passionate about. Absolutely. Yeah, reach a few thousand more people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're heartbroken to expose their ideas to more people. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah, we've been uh, actually we've been pretty pretty surprised with the the exact same thing that how many people are willing to come on and, sure. and talk about this or that. Like we we figured we'd be struggling to find guests, but we've been yeah. able to line them up pretty easily. Well, especially if you're not like a complete prick about booking people, you know, and, and if you're flexible and and if you're willing to give everybody a shot, you know, you don't just have somebody on board. You're like, ah, I'm not, I'm not going to have this guy unless he's a superstar or whatever. You know, if you're going to be that way, you're, you're going to have a hard time dealing with your show. But to me, uh, when you find people with interesting ideas that maybe aren't as well known, it's a good opportunity for them and for you, you know, mm -hmm. to have these sorts of guests come on and talk about what they're we're doing and and nobody else has had that guest yet that's that's pretty special yeah yeah we've had a couple of those and i and i appreciate that advice do you have any other kind of advice here i am asking on my own podcast podcast for advice but oh man i wish i had advice for you i'm, I'm just bumbling along here <laughs> you know uh i you know I, I just try to keep it loose you know yeah uh, that's and obviously you guys do too. Uh, yeah, but working. yeah, I'm learning, man. I'm only like 66 episodes in. Uh, maybe you have some advice for me. <laughs> no, not quite. No, you're doing a good job. Always press record. Oh yeah. Oh, I've done that before. But you know, I used to be a. Um, I was a newspaper writer and a magazine writer for a while, and have had the do an interview, walk away, and realize the record button wasn't on, or your device oh. ran out of battery power. Experience. Uh, I interviewed uh, a few years ago. Uh, guy that did Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Tobe Hooper, Toby Hooper. Yeah, Toby Hooper. And uh, we did an interview with him. He's hard to get, you know, kind of a little on the cranky eccentric side. Yeah. And I realized that somebody had kicked out my lavalier mic out of the uh, soundboard. So I walked away from this interview and, and, you know, and all I had was silent video. Oh, so, <laughs> so now I'm like super OCD about that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, we've had a couple bumblings like that for sure. That happened. Yeah, we had know? to fucking get Micah Hanks to record our episode because our recorder <laughs> fucking dropped out yeah. on us. Yeah, and we were interviewing gonna, Micah, gonna... but we we're, we're pretty close with Micah, so he recorded it on his end and then emailed yeah. it to us. Yeah, you know, and, and it's a good opportunity for you to see who's really a nice guy, you know. <laughs> of course, some people are just busy, but... You know, if you've got somebody that's going to just freaking explode because something went wrong, then just go on to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's been a couple of times now, not on this podcast, but there's been a couple of times with other things I've done. 
you know, where I've had to just shut off the camera and walk away, you know, because somebody's acting like a, a prick, you know, some kind of like superstar type. And yeah, yeah, right. Uh, you know, you might be, you might have, you know, millions of uh, adoring fans, but I'm not one of them, you know. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you're just another dude. <laughs> so, you know, it's so funny to do that. And I've only done it once or twice. It's just to like mid conversation, just click the camera off, pack up your stuff and leave. Wow, I can't even imagine that. So, well, no, I mean, it, it, it never happens. It only happened like twice, yeah. but and I'm talking over like you know a decade. But there are people that that just you know aren't worth enduring. You know, that yeah, just aren't, you know, are it's like much. you've got to have your huh. Some people are too much. I thought you said like Tupac. No, like if you got an interview with Tupac, I think I'd get that on air as quickly as possible. <laughs> but right, yeah, uh, right. I mean, it's it's you know, I mean. I'm only willing to endure so much indignity to in the name of a good story, you know, and I, I have no I have a very healthy ego. I think that I'm 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 very much willing to laugh at myself. Uh, but, uh, you know, as far as somebody that's just like criminally abusive, I'm just not putting up with it. Yeah, I think you got to be like that doing this probably eh? just be able to laugh at yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I fuck stuff up all the time. But, <laughs> but the thing is, you also don't need to listen to yourself too much. Um, I've done stuff before that I thought was absolutely unlistenable or unwatchable or unreadable and only to have it turn into something that people really loved, that yeah. that was something people connected with. And, yeah. you know, part of that is is realizing that you can go too far in criticizing your own self. Yeah. Yeah. We've had that slight experience, too, where we think something was horrible and then uh, you, you realize it wasn't that bad in the end. And, you know, just let it slide. You know, just just don't don't be so hard on yourself when you don't have to. And uh, and really, yeah, I think part of mellowing out, ironically, is is getting more organized about where your energy is going to have to go. You know, once you realize like these are the things that matter, I've only got so many breaths. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and this is where I'm going to uh, spend my, you know, burn my calories. Yeah. Then other things lose value. It's only when you're trying to be the best at everything and do everything once that uh, it gets uh, problematic. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, it feels like it's been pretty easy so far, and and we're you know we are putting putting some good energy into this, but it's not. Uh, it's not stressful or challenging yet, so. Well, it, you know, it, it will be. You have those moments here and there. They go <laughs> yeah, by. But, yeah. you know, there's good moments, too. I mean, I'm I'm here drinking beer and just chit-chatting with you guys. I don't know if it's too entertaining, but I'm having a good time. So, you know, this is yeah, this count the one of the less way. stressful. I usually have you know? a whiskey in hand and a puff or two and just shoot the shit with people and try and keep it as casual as possible. Right. Yeah, I, I responded to that to me. You know, one of my favorite things to listen to right now are uh, I love interview podcasts, first and foremost, which is one of the things that turned me on to Joe's show. Uh, but also, I love storytelling podcasts. You know, I love hearing true stories from people. And my favorite kinds are the ones that are clearly not rehearsed to the letter. Yeah, yeah. Casual, like, hey, I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, I am hooked on Risk, uh, Kevin Allison's Risk show. Um, risk with an exclamation point if you want to look it up. Yeah. That is a great podcast. And I always find myself veering off from it or other ones when I realize that they're uh, just moving on to have somebody that's like, you know, and this day I went to my grandfather and said, you know, you can, you can tell they've rehearsed it a million times. Yeah, right. You know, it's not authentic. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to check that risk out for sure. Oh, and you should have Kevin on. Kevin's a great guy. Good guest. Kevin Allison. He was a, do you remember the comedy troupe The State? You might not. 
Not really. It was on no. MTV for a while. Uh, a lot of the guys that are a lot of popular guys came from that, like uh, Thomas Lennon, who played uh, Deputy Dangle on uh, Reno 911. I don't know if you've ever seen that on the Comedy Channel. Oh, yeah, that's pretty. That was that one was pretty good. Uh, him and uh, Ben Grand, who was like Officer Junior. Uh, he he was in Reno 911. Carrie Kenny Silver, uh, not Reno 911, but yeah, Carrie Kenny Silver, who was also in that, was uh, from the state. Uh, who is the guy? Uh, Michael Ian Black, a bunch of people, and he's one of the guys from that. But yeah, I would I would highly recommend uh, the Risk podcast. It's one of my favorite listens. We'll have to check that out. We'll link to it in our in our show notes for sure. But uh, I suppose uh, that should about wrap it up. Did you have anything you want to plug before uh, before we let you go? Other than obviously disinfo.com, yeah. uh, the website. And uh, what's your Twitter? Is at Matt Staggs, two Gs, at, I believe. Yep, at M-A-T-T-S-T-A-G-G-S, Matt Staggs. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, that is absolutely the place to do it. You know, my email address isn't hard to find, you know, if you're absolutely desperate to touch base with me by email, but he takes your chances. <laughs> uh, if you find me on Twitter, I'll probably uh, chat with you. I'm, I'm not on there all the time, but but uh, pretty good percent of the time I am. If I'm not asleep or, uh, you know, engaged in an interview or something like that, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much on Twitter. And, you know, I, I'm most of the time I don't respond well to demands like, you do this right now, but uh, otherwise, I'm I'm pretty happy to chat with people. Yeah, you've got a pretty active feed too. It's uh, definitely worth a follow. You, I'm restless. It's like a news yeah. late, new link every like seven minutes or something. Yeah, I, I know it probably drives people crazy, but you know, I this is just the way I do things, and it's uh, you know, people complain, but look, man, you know, if you, I'm going to send out a big bunch of links. You know, sometimes it's up to like 15 first thing in the morning. And then usually again in the late afternoon. And during that time, I'm talking shit with people. And if you, you know, if that disturbs you, maybe you need to find somebody else to follow. But, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it's what I do. I like doing it. I like to think of Twitter as like a radio station, you know, people tune in and tune out. You don't take it personally. And, and, you know, you just try to keep up a good entertaining show. And then some bullshit like Sharknado comes fucking twirling through. Ah, fuck Sharknado. You know, science fiction. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. I refuse to watch that shit. No, I you refuse. know, the thing is, is that we have gone from, ironically, the cult of irony has destroyed a lot of things. You know, that you have people that ironically like stuff that don't realize what they truly like anymore. Or if they do, they're too embarrassed to admit it. You know, like, hey, I'm really into this. Like, man, like, just relax. You're a grown man or a grown woman. Nobody's going to, like, pick on you. It's not junior high. If you like whatever you like, just say it. But we're like, oh, we're so into liking ironic crap that people are selling it to us now. It's like, well, fuck, we don't have to make anything good. Just give them crap and they'll <laughs> celebrate it. You know, I mean, yeah, we should be, be holding the fucking most popular movie of the year, probably. And it's yeah, just I know. Shit. And, right. Exactly. And, you know, we, we could be holding these people's feet to the fire. I'm not talking just sci fi. I'm talking a lot of places I'm going, look, you know, I'm not stupid. And if you want my attention, you're going to have to offer quality programming. You know, look over at you know, look at the other channels, sci fi. I mean, look at uh, AMC. You know, I'm I'm waiting with bated breath for Sunday. You know, I got to watch Breaking Bad. You know, that's great. Oh, uh, that Walking Dead. I mean, there's a bunch. Huh? The new, the new season starts in a new couple days. New season starts Sunday, and I cannot wait. But look at that. Look at the popularity of shows like uh, The Walking Dead. Look at Hannibal. Look at, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Game of Thrones. You know, there are There's an audience for intelligent programming, and that includes science fiction fans. 
Yeah. I wish they'd keep that fucking Arrested Development going. Well, it's on network uh, Netflix now. Yeah, but I think yeah. that's the last season they keep saying. Really? I wish they'd just keep pumping them out. Well, I know it gotten picked up by Netflix, but you know, it's okay. How many seasons was that on? Ah, uh, four, four now, five. I think. That was the fourth. It's okay. You know, like Firefly got one. I love, I'm a huge fan of Firefly. That got one season, but it was a good season. Same thing with Freaks and Geeks. I it's okay. About, did you ever see Jericho? No, no, no. That I've was a good one got, that only got one. Or like it got like a season and six episodes or something. Yeah. It's one of those things I'll probably turn on one day and just like eat up, you know, just burn through while I'm working. That's usually how I do it. I'll like find a show and I'll watch like every fucking episode in like a week and a half. And yeah. Then I'll be like well, I did it with Lost. I, I thought I was on the fucking island, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's how we did with Freaks and Geeks when we discovered that. Meg and I, my wife and I were like, just, oh, yeah, we're going to watch this entire thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's, again, you know, there's a lot of good television out there. And uh, it's funny when people are like, oh, I don't have a TV. It's like, really? Because you're you're kind of missing out on some cool stuff. It doesn't mean you have to watch every retarded laugh, uh, you know, laughy show or whatever that comes on. I mean, there's it's like anything else. Just going to the movies and ignoring the movies just because there's one dumb movie on is a dumb thing to do, too. Yeah, that's me. I don't have a TV. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's yeah. okay, though. I mean, you know, but you, you do realize there's some good stuff oh, on. Yeah, I mean, I was watching the rest of development on Netflix, but uh, but I I just need to find the time to watch some of these good shows. I've been meaning to check out all these ones, but it's just uh, it's just finding the time. I've been yeah. hooked on those Vice HBOs. I've watched, oh, yeah, like, all of them in the yeah. last fucking week. Oh, yeah, week. Vice, they're doing a lot of great stuff, for sure. Nobody can say anything negative about Vice. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great program. Good fit for them. I can't believe they came out as fucking shoes and fashion. Hmm? Oh, that's, yeah. That's what yeah. Vice started as back in the day. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a long, convoluted story from where they started and, and where they are today. But, you know, hand it to them. They've managed to make it happen. Are you going to have those guys on? Or have uh, you? Shane Smith and the crew? No, yeah. I have not had them on. It might be something that would be fun to do. Uh, yeah. I'd really like to kind of be in the same room with them and, and do yeah. that, you yeah. know? Yeah. So well, maybe you can meet him uh, over at Joe's place there. <laughs> if I ever get out that way, I'd yeah. love <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, I guess we should we should wrap it up. Thank you so much for, uh, right, for taking care. the time to chat with us. And you know, maybe we can do it again sometime. Absolutely. You let me know. I'll be here. Yeah. Thanks a lot for all your advice, too. All right. Take care. Good okay, night. Thanks, Matt. Hey, that was our chat with Matt Staggs, Disinfocast. Yeah, disinfo.com. Uh, interesting guy. Uh, yeah. It was a good chat. Yeah, it was uh, It was good. He was a lot more skeptical than I was expecting, but but uh, I suppose we all are. Well, me more than you You say are, that again. Say. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we all are, but I, I feel like, um, yeah, maybe I could have challenged him a little bit more on stuff, but uh, I didn't, you know, that's kind of not my style going live. But yeah, I probably could have. You challenge me. I do. That's because I'm sitting right across from you. <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, um, and I'd like to get uh, get some of you know his guests on here and 
I like I like his style. He's got a lot of good questions when he talks to people. Um, it's a little more challenging uh, talking to uh, an interviewer, kind of. Yeah, yeah, but it was a good chat. Went went well, and uh, of course, you guys should check out the Disinfo Cast. We'll link to it in the show notes. It's definitely worth a listen. He's got some uh, great guests on there, and um, I'd check it out for sure. And yeah. disinfo.com is always uh, a good source of information. And you can find him on Twitter at Matt Staggs, of course. We'll link to that in the show notes. Speaking of that, uh, you can find you on Twitter. Yeah, at Grimerica. We can, uh, you can send us guest requests. And speaking of guests, we've got Thomas Vosco. We'll be uh, talking to him next week. Yeah, and uh, our emails too, uh, Graham at grimerica.ca. No, sorry, dot com. Dot That's com. G-R-A-H-A-M at grimerica.com. Feedbacks.ca. Feedback at yeah. grimerica.ca. Yeah. And, uh, of course, I think RPGA is going to come on with us for the Fusco, Fusco interview as well. So we'll have an RPJ intro on that. And RPJ is going to sit in with us for the uh, interview with Lauren Coleman as well. So... Uh, we'll try that out for the first time. It'll be good to have RPJ in there to ask his questions in real time. Yeah, that'll be great. Looking forward to all that. Yeah, so uh, I think that's about all we got for you guys this week. Yeah, all right. Thanks, Darren. It's a yeah. good, good times. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time. All right, ciao, man. Show me.